It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good morning. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. Are they setting people up for this unrealistic expectation that 2023, they're suddenly going to use that $100 million in cap space and all this draft capital they have? Voila! Playoff contender. And Dan Weeder. And you think suddenly that there are going to be 40 new players that are all difference makers. I just don't know what fantasy land that is. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the Odyssey YouTube channel, you can watch us react to the Bears 25 to 20 loss on Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field to the Philadelphia Eagles. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune is at Soldier Field. I was there and now I'm gone. And uh, the Bears, closer than people expected, a lot of people thought maybe this was the Eagles looking ahead. Maybe it was the Bears showing progress. Dan, maybe it was a combination of both. What do you think? Look, yeah, I do think it's a combination of both. I thought the Bears came out and had uh, really some impressive game plan wrinkles mixed in and also just did a nice job early on of, of making sure that this game wasn't going to get away from them. They were managed, uh, able to, to force some uncharacteristic mistakes from Jalen Hurts, who threw two interceptions, and, and you get one from, from Kyler Gordon and DeAndre Houston Carson, and you realize that you're going to be in a game. But this team is so undermanned from a talent and depth perspective right now that the idea of them consistently putting fourth successful efforts is unrealistic and it's just another loss you know today is day 56 <laughs> since their last victory and so on we march to christmas eve right for, with, with another uh, another loss in the in the, the loss column and the bears needing to regroup a little bit so i had a couple general takeaways from this i think number one starts with the quarterback justin fields who uh, Past the thousand yard threshold. So he has a thousand yards rushing only the third quarterback in NFL history to do that. And I believe that at the beginning of the season, had you told me, had you told anybody in Chicago that on back-to-back home games in December, Justin Fields would be the most impactful quarterback on the field after games against Aaron Rodgers and Jalen hurts. You would have taken that. So that to me 
was the overwhelming sign of progress that's impossible to ignore and probably the biggest development on a day where the Bears came close, but it wasn't good enough, Dan. So that was number one. Secondly, I guess it's more about the rhetoric than the result. I I think we live in a town where I think instinctively people are getting used to rationalizing losses and what it means in terms of the draft and what it means in terms of at least fields played well, but they lost. Matt Eberflus thought post-game refreshingly was having none of that. It wasn't good enough for him to come close. He's very consistent with his message, and he, he basically is saying that results do matter process he likes but he's walking that fine line between keeping the standard high and understanding that you know you have to focus on some of the positives but he didn't sound like somebody who was a a satisfied head coach post game hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply well, so a couple things there. First, I'm going to I'm going to emphatically matumbo your first point and reject the idea that Justin Fields was a better quarterback today than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts ended the day with 315 passing yards, 61 on the ground, and three rushing touchdowns. And even though he wasn't at his sharpest, he led that offense to 421 yards on the day. He's got much better supporting cast. He's got a lot of more help in front of him in terms of offensive line help and obviously the playmakers in his receiving core. But he threw some really nice balls to AJ Brown that 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 you know broke the game open and helped seal it. And so so Hertz was was better than it seemed he was going to be early in the game. And I think the numbers reflect that. The second thing in terms of Eberflus's perspective on this, he's been pretty consistent here in recent weeks in, in talking about championship habits. And this has become the buzzword for Matt Eberflus in, in basically trying to get these players, most of them young, to understand that regardless of the record, regardless of, of each week's uh, end result, that there's a process that goes into this of, of building championship habits that will pay off in the long run. He feels like the Bears are doing what they need to do in that regard right now. But at the same time, to your point, he understands that that when you lose 11 games in a season and counting, obviously with three more ahead of them, and you're in the middle of a seven-game skid, that, that you can't over-preach the idea that that you're moving uh, in the right direction to a level where it, it seems insincere. And so there's a, a balancing act to that. And the Bears have to, to find that balancing act. You know, the other takeaway for me, and, and I'll get your, t- your thoughts on all that, is just that the volume of injuries, both pregame and then obviously during the game, when you lose Equinemius St. Brown and Tevin Jenkins and Jack Sanborn and then late in the game, Jalen Johnson, all of a sudden you go, oh man, how much more can this team really endure and withstand? It's obviously not a good sign. Three games to go, and they are definitely suffering from attrition. It has hit the Bears hard, and they're in better shape mentally than they are physically, which is kind of remarkable given the losing streak and given how long it's been since they actually celebrated a victory. Yeah, But physically, they're just decimated. The Tevin Jenkins 
injury was uh, scary because both players off both sidelines came to midfield and they brought out the cart. And there was a, a moment there you wondered if he was moving, if he was conscious and all those things concussion you didn't know where it was it turned out to be uh from what matt eberflu said a, a neck injury they took him to the hospital he sounded more optimistic post game than i would have expected so we'll see where that goes even though it looks like that could be a while jack sanborn limped off then he went to the locker room and then he um was ruled out for the rest of the game he's been the biggest surprise on that defense. So you hope that he can find a way to finish strong as well. Yeah, and I thought the the other point in terms of health was you you alluded to it and asked about it in the post-game press conference that Justin Fields had to go into the locker room to get an IV because <laughs> cramping up on a 20-degree day where you yeah. expect to be cramping up, but it sounds like he didn't take IVs before the game because he didn't anticipate he would need them on such a cold day. I mean, this is problematic for the entire organization at this point, because this is the second time this has happened in the last three starts. And for your starting quarterback to be cramping is one thing late in games, obviously with the workload they're putting on him. And I'm just trying to search for the, the play here where, because it was, you know, it was a third down play that he had to leave the game for Nathan Peterman had to come in and throw the third and long pass in a game that the bears were in. We understand that this team's three and 11 and they're not playing for anything, but let's say they were, if your quarterback has to leave the game in that moment for the second time in three, starts to deal with cramping somebody's got to get their arms around that it can't you know justin has to be more responsible in terms of getting his body in the right position to, to play a game like this and then there there's there's people paid a lot of money inside that building to make sure there's an infrastructure there to help the player get that done and and so yeah it's <laughs> you don't want nathan peterman throwing third and long passes in a game that, that you can potentially win uh the bears have to get that figured out right away that was that was one downside on on justin's day here that they've got to figure it out. It was with uh, seven minutes to go, third and 14, that Peterman came in. Fields, uh, you know, was taken out of the game at that point. And, and the, the, you know, it's uh, – what's the score at that point? It's 17 to 13 Eagles. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, so so uh, that's just – again, I, I get because these – game results don't mean anything that people just are, are willing to do the old, I call it the old George McCaskey, the, Oh, well shrug pass and move on. Like this is the NFL when it comes time to respond to pressure packed, you know, meaningful game moments, you better be <laughs> in tip top shape. And, and, and those are, those are things that it's just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, third and 14 to a lot of offenses, maybe a lot of quarterbacks is maybe a recipe for disaster for Justin Fields. Lately, it's been an invitation to improvise. And when you are able to do what he can do, we saw that on the third 39 yard run, which he thought was a yeah. touchdown. That was just the latest example. There's one of those every week. So yeah, third and 14, when you are only down, when you are only down 17 to 13, this is a key play, and they're at the 24-yard line. Nathan Peterman comes in, throws an incompletion, and it was. this tells you everything about the Bears' depth and the way it has been decimated. Nathan Peterman, incomplete pass. To Webster, right? Yeah, to Webster. So, to <laughs> Webster. And, and, and he's being defended by Darius Slay, Pro Bowl cornerback. That, to me, tells you the disparity in talent remains as wide as it does between the worst team in the NFC and the best team in the NFL. So let's talk about that for a second, because on Sunday evening, I put out a tweet that said the Bears finished Sunday afternoon. This is just factual 
people can freak out however they see fit. The Bears finished Sunday afternoon with 91 net passing yards. It's the ninth time in 14 games that they haven't topped 150 net passing yards. It's unacceptable. We understand, though, that the Bears came into this game shorthanded. Darnell Mooney, he's on IR. Oh, by the way, Friday afternoon, Chase Claypool declared out with the knee issue he's dealing with. Pre-game, 90 minutes before, Nikhil Harry, scratched, inactive, still dealing with a back issue. Third play of the game, Equinemius St. Brown, concussed. All of a sudden, you're down four years, top six receivers, just like that, against an Eagles front that's going to challenge your offensive line all day. And so you, you're, you're really undermanned. You're really at a handicap. You're really at a disadvantage that it was going to be hard to overcome. I thought Justin, uh, coming off the, the Packers game with the, the, the poise and the pocket presence that he showed showed a lot more of that again today, particularly given how shorthanded the entire offense was. So he deserves credit for uh, having that that calm, despite having every reason to not be calm back there with the, the supporting cast of guys he's throwing to and, and the line he's facing. And so they didn't have a great day as a passing offense, but there was nothing within it where you said, "Boy, that's that that really throws out uh, some warning bells for Justin Fields." I agree with that, and Dan, I, I do maintain. I think he probably. I, when I'm looking and evaluating quarterbacks, and this is probably not fair or logical, but I, I think I, I consider like the degree of difficulty and and how almost great on a curve. Justin Fields was playing the defense that was one of the fiercest in the league, and I think led in interceptions, and he didn't throw one, and he protected the football outside of the time he got you know he fumbled it and set up that great play, but he did not throw an interception. Jalen Hurts, meanwhile, comma was playing against the Bears defense. Now, I know they got Brisker back, and I know they got Gordon back, and Gordon made a nice play, and but that is no pass rush. He had all the, yeah. all the time that he wanted. And Jalen Hurts, to me, the first half was bad for by his standards. Sure. This is MVP front runner. By his standards, first half, unacceptable. Two, two interceptions, frankly, against his defense, unacceptable. So if you're the Eagles and you're looking at what's happening and you're looking at it through the, the lens of a championship caliber team, you're looking at this game and you think they were looking ahead and they weren't mentally prepared for the challenge the Bears provided. And I think that's why I probably look at what Justin Fields was able to do and completing some passes, given what he was working with. I mean, so I think he had a pretty good day. Well, and 15 I, rushes for 95 yards, no small thing. I, I would just say that that Hertz's uh, four longest completions went for 180 yards, which is a, a full game's worth of passing productivity for the Bears in 2022. And so it's hard to overlook those things right there. There were so many errors within this game that that are not shrug errors. Your kicker missing another extra point. The seventh missed kick of the year, fifth missed PAT of the season. Cairo Santos is in a problem area right now, and he's got to get it corrected right away. Your third-round rookie receiver got an opportunity to have a heightened role on offense. He got two touches, and and on the second one, he fumbled it. And Matt Eberflus told you after the game that he doesn't like it. It's not good. And all of a sudden, the, the, the guy who's trying to earn the trust of his teammates and coaching staff gives you another reason never to trust him again. So Valus Jones is, is, is facing on a downward arc. The Bears get those takeaways early, and they, their first two, they didn't turn into anything. They punted after both of them, including once, David, when they got the ball at the Eagles 20. 25, marched it to the Eagles 14 and somehow ended that drive with a punt. I mean, absolutely confounding when you're inside the red zone, you're at the 14 and you're knocking on the door of a, a score. And then somehow that drive ends in a punt because you have a missed handoff exchange between Fields and Tristan Ebner, followed by a sack, followed by the, the refusal to try. Uh, I, I think it was a 48 yard field goal from there, understanding that, that Carlos Santos communicated pregame that his distance kicking south into a 
16 mile per hour breeze was going to be 45. That was his max distance in that way. But still, when you're at the 14 and you wind up punting, only the Bears, right? Well, who go, what goes into that decision about where the kick line is? That's what I would like to know. When Kicker's when, comfort. I guess, but Matt Eberflus talked about that after the game, and and I and I we weren't down there, right? So I think it's easy to say from our seat in the press box, well, go ahead and kick it. But I think that would have liked them to go ahead and try. I I mean, no, I know it was a swirling wind, but doesn't trying a forty-eight yard field goal against all odds sound like a better plan for a three and ten football team than taking a delay of game penalty to set up a punt? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, part of this is you're right. It's, I mean, it's fourth, it's fourth, fourth and 26, right? So the backpedal, I was thinking like, could they, it was, it was it fourth in the teens and then they could have gone for it. Obviously they couldn't have there. Um, but it's just, these are, they're just things that, that only the bears stumble into somehow. And, and it just, it's one of those moments where in a game and Matty Rufus said, like, we've got to turn these takeaways into points and we've got to learn how to capitalize because that's how you knock another team out. That's how you create momentum. And this bears, team can't create enough of it and it's why they've lost 11 of their 14 games including i guess it's now what 11 or 10 of 11 uh so it's it's a a one track season and that track is going down and and justin's playing well enough every week for people to say who cares and and we'll we'll just you know somehow in this offseason ryan poles is going to go out and he's going to get a whole new receiving core and a better offensive line and an entirely new defense and in december 2023 we're going to be on this podcast talking about a playoff team is that right? Okay. Well, yeah, no, that's, that that's what I, that's what I read. Let, let me just do the Matumbo <laughs> to you there. I, I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. Uh, I also was kind of uh, surprised by the fact they stopped the run. The Bears stopped the run as well as they did. I guess when you're looking for bright spots, that that was maybe one of them. Um, there was one running play. You talk about things that stood out that was particularly galling or uh, concerning. Uh, Jaquan Brisker announced his blitz from Evanston. I mean, he walked all the way up to the line of scrimmage, basically disguised nothing. And Jalen Hurts was the, that was the easiest play he made all day. There was nobody behind Jaquan Brisker. He just, he telegraphed the blitz. He came over the right guard. Uh, Jalen Hurts went to the left side touchdown 22 yards later well you, you, you're in a single high look and you've got DeAndre Houston Carson in in potential coverage against the tight end there which he ends up picking up the tight end and and, and Brisker uh not only showed on his blitz which wasn't the biggest problem is he, it's that he came through the wrong gap and you had two players in the same gap and Jalen Hurts being astute as he is noticed that gap and 22 yards without being touched easiest express lane touchdown that you're going to see in the NFL. And if, if Brisker just moves over to the other gap, all of a sudden in, in Matt Eberflus's words, the bears have that dead to rights. And so these are the types of mistakes that, that are, you know, okay. Young player, first game back in a few weeks after being out with a concussion since Atlanta uh, and he makes an error, but those errors again, like you, you're trying to get through these as soon as possible because the NFL doesn't wait around for you. And when you're in a game uh, next year or a year down the road with a chance to attach relevance to your season and, and go someplace, you have to be confident that you can, you can, be assignment sound and be disciplined and take care of business and do those things. Uh, this team's just, they're not that, I mean, the, the final result will give, will give people some comfort that the, the bears were within five points of a team that, that could have easily blown them out of the building. Like they did to the giants a week ago. Uh, I just, I, you just, every week you get this illumination of how many holes there are to fill. And 
when you start rationing out all this salary cap money that Ryan Poles has to spend in March versus the number of holes that need filling, you go, okay, well, that doesn't leave a lot per hole, right? It's a lot of money, but there's there's 40 holes. In the context of this week, you're not going to get everything you want for Christmas. <laughs> you just aren't. I never do, David. I never yeah. do. Last thing before we get into our game balls with studs. So uh, you talked about not being ready for the moment and this and that, and things went, went poorly. Bayless Jones cannot be trusted. And today was the latest example. And I like the flash of frustration that Flusi showed after the game when asked about it, but that was a momentum shift. And I don't know what would have happened on that possession. And certainly the bears defense bailed him out later, but you can't Mm -hmm. waste these opportunities. And that was a wasted opportunity. He's done nothing to earn the confidence and trust of anyone in the organization or the media at this point. Bayless Jones, I was asked on Friday on WSCR 670, the score about the right mindset that Bayless Jones has been in and how the coaches and Bayless have talked about overcoming adversity. And I just said, I'm done with the words. Like your productivity and your actions have to speak for you at this point i'm really happy that you can handle adversity but you were drafted in the third round to make plays for a football team that needs to identify playmakers as soon as possible and you keep giving the opponent free footballs you're not you're not even getting that many it was a zero yard run i mean we're he's short of 80 yards for the season i believe from scrimmage uh what was his his catch today was for three yards so he's up to 75 yards from scrimmage on the season we're headed for week 16 by the way there's just not much more you can say other than the fact that the bears missed here and maybe Valus Jones can recapture something and and become a role player for this team but everything we've seen for you know really dating back to august uh points in a direction that this this was not a, a good pick and it's uh, again the last thing the bears can afford is using resources to correct mistakes of the new regime with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, he won't be getting a game ball, but let's bring in Adam Stadzinski, our producer, to find out who will be this week because that's one of the fun parts. Even with the 3-11 and team, we can figure out who may have earned it. Let's start with Studs. What do you think? All right, so... This is this is a, a guy that I haven't really heard you guys mention yet, and I was thinking about this on my on my way in. I'm at the station right now. I think that I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson because he put up a fight against AJ Brown, and I know you're going to look at AJ Brown's stat line and say, "Well, 181 yards, right?" Yeah, there you go. But I thought he played pretty damn well. And like you look at all right, the 68 yard reception that was a dime. What what are you going to do there? Perfect pass. Jalen Johnson was right there. I thought, and the reason I'm going to go with this, it's like, it's not like I'm going to sit here and tell you that he had a great game. I just thought he was traveling with the guy, a really good receiver all day. And 
I think he I think he played pretty damn well and he gets a game ball for me. He had like what three pass breakups, I believe. One of them on a key third down. He had like at one point there was like three targets in a row to AJ Brown that he was busting up. So minus that 68 yard reception, which again I think was a dime, I thought he played pretty damn well against one of the best receivers in the league. And AJ Brown is, is physical, so he's a physical receiver. So I give I get you give you that. That's a tough challenge. I, you know, Scrooge over here on Christmas. I'm giving out Matumbo fingers for uh, for Christmas, and I'm giving Studs a, a Matumbo finger on this one because, listen, I love Jalen Johnson. I love his attitude. I love his competitiveness. I love his eagerness to test himself against the best in the game. But when you look down at the statute at the end of the day, and the guy that you asked to travel with has 181 receiving yards, it's classic Bears fan reaction to here. Here's a game ball here's a game ball you only gave up 181 but man you broke up that one in the end zone and you broke up a fourth down i know you're going to be mad at me for this but this is why the bears get stuck all the time because they celebrate things that aren't achievements your top cornerback who wants to be considered a pro bowler has to go ahead and before i get my game ball i'll get your response but he has to go ahead and limit that to something less than 181 yards okay so all right i mentioned the 68 yard reception you say 108 181 yards 68 of those yards were because of a perfect throw and then he got hurt. So I basically, in my right, so mind, we're down to one, away. we're down to one, we're down to one thirteen at that point. And then how many times did AJ Brown get targeted? Was it like 15, I believe he got he, targeted a lot. He got 16 targets today. So they were going at him a lot. So, so 16 targets and he only caught nine of them. That's but what 16 I targets. Like if you're the top corner, they're not throwing at you. You 16 times. Listen, again, I love Jalen Jones and I love where he's headed. And we can say that he put up a fight today. But man, I, yeah, I, 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 I just struggle with with the, the celebration of 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 things that aren't that aren't good. This is how this team gets stuck. I'm going to give my game ball and hopefully David does the right thing after this to, to Kyler Gordon, who at least uh, got the bears back in the takeaway column. You know, he gets an interception, recovers a fumble that was forced by Mike Pinnell and puts himself in position to, to build on something. Again, a guy who had missed three weeks uh, due to concussion and he comes back in and, and at least gets in that takeaway column. That's part of the hits philosophy, right? And if we're going to talk about the hits philosophy, somebody better go ahead and get that takeaway. Well, then I will do the right thing, I guess. You leave me for the, uh, the obvious one. But I will give my game ball to the most dangerous player on the field today, Justin Fields. The most dangerous player on the field. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Look, he, he uh, got hit what he needed for 1,000 yards. He is within striking distance of the all-time record, I believe. He was talking about it post-game today. What's he need? About 70 yards, 75 yards a game in the final three. Um, he has, you can see the progression as a passer today, some, some good moments. The last drive, you talk about not finishing. They didn't finish as a team, but the last drive, the Pringle touchdown was more improvisation, keeping the eyes down the field, which I think is a good sign. Yeah. I, I can't stand the way he continues to miss on the laterals. Stop throwing the laterals. <laughs> if, if a guy doesn't have a breaking pitch, don't ask him to throw a curveball. So that's the same thing with Justin Fields. I mean, he can't throw lateral. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's got the maybe he's got the knoblocks now. It's the case of the yips when he goes to the side screen, but he does everything else better. So I think that 95 yards rushing, 152 passing, not enough. He was sacked six times. 119.5 passer ratings, impressive. Yet again, I know it's just numbers, but I think they're impressive given the opponent. So Justin Fields gets my game ball. See, I yeah, thought no, about no, Justin too. I thought about Justin too, and I thought about Kyler Gordon as well. So I tried to go outside the box because I th- I thought I was being creative. <laughs> I think Jalen Johnson. I think Jalen Johnson played really well, and again, you know, like that's I'm sticking with it. 
Scott, no is, that, is, is that is that Spalding on your forehead? I don't Spalding? from him from yeah. the rejection from, from the, the rejection. From the Matumbo. Stand in the paint. No, but thank you for getting creative. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take your uh, your feedback into advisement and and, and process it accordingly. AJ, AJ Brown didn't get a touchdown, did he? Good point. Good All point. Right, he just that one in the end zone. Good stuff. Um, anything else that we need to cover, Dan? Before we get out of here. No, the Buffalo Bills are coming into town next week. It's a short week. Remember, the Bears play on Saturday for Christmas Eve. The Bears have not been good in their two short weeks earlier this year. They obviously had one on the Monday turnaround from the Patriots game to the Cowboys game. They had one when they played the Commanders in uh, week six, and they didn't meet those moments because they they're, they're, they're just weren't ready for it. And so uh, let's see what they can do against the AFC's uh, best, or one of the AFC's best, obviously. Uh, another good challenge for the entire team, anybody who's healthy enough to take it, uh, Definitely good to see Justin Fields come back out of that tunnel and realize that it was only cramping and not something that was going to be uh, a leg injury that kept him out for a, a start or more. Let's get him some IV fluids on <laughs> Christmas Eve morning, right? Like somebody, somebody at the Egg team off. hotel, knock Egg on the off. door at eight thirty yeah. in the morning and say, "Jalen, we're here with your IV bag. Let's go." That would be great if you could get that for Christmas. All right, we will keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on everything. We will drop another episode on Tuesday morning. This is our post game reaction to the Bears' twenty-five to twenty loss to the Eagles. Uh, they dropped to three and eleven. Dan Weeder is. From the Chicago Tribune, you can find his column on the game at chicagotribune.com. My column on the game is at 670thescore.com. And you can listen to us and find this podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And you can watch it on the Odyssey's YouTube page. There's a lot of ways to download, listen, and subscribe. And give us some feedback, too, along the way. You can always go to the Twitter machine. Dan really likes when you tweet at him. <laughs> so, for Dan Weederer, anything else, Dan, before we go, uh, we'll uh, we'll just get out of here now and wrap things up. No, I, I, I've bought some extra protection for myself on the Twitter forum. And so now I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with all the, all the things that come flying at me on there. So I'll be okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Tuesday.